ask you to take your Bibles this morning and open them to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, and as you do, um, I just want to release my faith with you, pray, and we are going to believe God together. That the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, would be granted unto us so that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened. That we would know what is the hope of His calling and the riches of the glory of His inheritance in us, the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power that has been delegated, transferred, come toward us that we have. Because we believe. Father, it's according to the working of your mighty power which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and you set him at your own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above principality, power, might, dominion and every name that is named. And Father, I thank you today that you would continue to prove that the tomb is empty. That you truly are the Lord of glory that you are personally present in the life of every hearer and that nothing is impossible to them that believe. Thank you for helping me to help the people and manifesting yourself to prove this word is true for there's more with us than there are against us today. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Hallelujah. And all the saints said, Amen. Lori and I are so blessed you're here today. I'm so honored that you've come in the presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords for us to gather together and let him do what he does best, which is save, heal, deliver, help, manifest, lead, guide, and prove the tomb is empty. Amen, amen, amen. Well, while I am aware of the presence of God, you know, many times the presence of God comes that manifests in different ways. And uh, we have had the glory of God appear in such a way at our minister's conferences where... Uh, people literally, you could hear a pin drop for 40 plus minutes, almost an hour. Nobody moved, nobody budged, nobody did anything. So silence is not a lack of response. When the presence of God is there, there can be an impartation moment where you just need to say Selah. And I sense that after that anointing, that kind of weight moved in the auditorium. And, uh, you know, it just brought us to a place of, of, of that kind of an atmosphere where teaching is easy and we can blow up the balloon and so forth. But I do want to let you know that those times when they come, we often don't recognize that that is a spiritual manifestation. And we can kind of shift back and get subdued in the natural. And so I'm going to ask you right now to do exactly what he said. As I step into this in the next few minutes, do not reflect the light, but absorb it. And as you absorb it, respond to it immediately. Because I can be talking along just like this, and all of a sudden somebody says, ah! and see it and scream and get up and just run around the building and say, what did they get so excited about? Well, they just got their deliverance. The key is responding. Oh, and Jesus is here to deliver. He's here to save. He's here to set free. And I'm asking you to pull and release your faith with me for him to glorify himself in our midst. Amen. Amen. Oh, glory be to God. Well, hallelujah. Did you find Psalm 23? Yes. David, whom we know as a tremendous figure in Old Testament, both theology and in human history, was also supernaturally used by God in the messianic line. And we know that he walked in an anointing and in a place God had for him in a covenant from God and visitation by God, not only to do what he did in his earthly lifetime, but also there's a reason Jesus is called the son of David. We understand that David said prophetically as he looked into the time that Jesus would be raised from the dead. He said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand. Right? 
until his enemies become his footstool. And later, later Jesus uh, was referred to as that was quoted in the book of Acts after he proved he was raised from the dead. And they quoted that scripture and said, ladies and gentlemen, David's sepulcher is here with us today. This is what I'm talking about, about responding now. David's sepulcher is here with us today. And so who is he referring to when he said, the Lord said to my Lord? The Lord said to my Lord. So David had a Lord. And the Lord of David was set on the right hand of the Lord, the supreme creator of the universe, and set there finishing the plan and causing all of his enemies. How many? All his enemies to come under his feet. Now, David, as a prophet then, visited by God. And can you give me just, just a little bit more? I'm going to back off so I can just, I'm going to be, I'm going to not rush through this. And we'll, we'll know when we've gone far enough and we can pick it up the next time we're together. But the word of the living God is not going to return to him void. Today, there is an anointing in the room to accomplish what's being spoken. And there are miracles in multiples. And there's a miracle for your moment. And there's an anointing here right now to produce what you're going to hear. Glory be to God. So King David, visited by God, look into the future. You talk about seeing a world. By the Spirit of Christ that was on the inside of him, he saw down the corridor of time and much of what we have spoken by God at the resurrection of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1, for example. Again, I will be a father to you. Again, you will be a son to me. David prophesied the very words God the Father would speak when Jesus was raised from the dead. Glory to God. I mean, this is huge. He's looking down the corridor of time. He's speaking way beyond his natural pay grade. Way beyond what he can understand in the natural. And so we see things like at home-going services or funerals, you know, there's, there's a difference. Funerals are for dead people. Home-going services are for living people that are still alive. But in both of those, you know, you see Psalm 23 often put on, a, on top of a flyer. or You see it in hospitals. You see it in cards beside hospital beds and so forth. And, uh, and it's one of the things that kids learn in, in Bible school class and Sunday school. We quote it. But what we're really talking about here, when he says, the Lord, the Lord. Oh, my, 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 my. <laughs> the Lord is my. He's my what? Oh, glory be to God. We know David was a shepherd. We get that. But he's talking about now the Lord's anointing. He's going to describe an anointing in the office of the shepherd. Come on now. He's going to describe an anointing that's in this church every time you come and sit under an anointed pastor. Oh, there's an anointing in operation every time you come to this house. And it came off the head of the church, the Lord, who was set down at the right hand of God the Father and all of his enemies are his footstool. Glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, so this isn't just something we whip out and quote by rote memory at a hard time in life. No, we see actually that in the Messianic Psalms, and these are that, Yeshua HaMashiach, he's prophesying about the Messiah, the Lord being the anointing of the Messiah, the Son of the living God, who defeated death, hell, and the grave, who has the keys and rose again, who's seated at the right hand of the Father, who is alive the same yesterday, today, and forever, who is the soon coming King, the Lord God of the angel armies, and who is walking in this midst of this golden candlestick right here, and will do today what he's always He's done. We're talking about the Lord that John saw that said, I'm he that liveth and was dead and I'm alive forevermore and I have the keys. The one whose voice is like thunder in Niagara Falls. The one whose face is like looking at the noonday sun. The one whose hair is white like wool and his eyes are like lasers going into your soul. We're talking about that Lord that's girded around the paps with a golden girdle. That's walking with his feet like burning brass that were purified through the fires of God. That's clothed with a white garment so he's so pure and white 
like linen and because he's so righteous. I'm telling you, down one side is the word of God. Down the other side is written King of kings and Lord of lords and it's written in the blood of the Lamb and he's the one worthy, worthy that opened the seals thereof. He bridged heaven and earth together. The lion of the tribe of Judah, he's in the room today. Glory be to God. The Lord, that Lord, that Lord is my shepherd. Woo! He's the one that's the pastor of pastors. Oh, yes, sir, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Ha. See, that Lord wants to teach you. <laughs> All I'm here to do is teach you what he taught me. Tell you what, before we read Psalm 23, why don't we read 1 Peter chapter 5. I want to talk to you about this, and we'll work our way back to Psalm 23, can we? Because I, I can sense so strongly that we're in a flow of ministry right now that we don't need to hurry through. Because he is going to, brick by brick, layer by layer, he is going to build an your life, spirit and soul and body, into an impenetrable fortress to the enemy. I mean, the devil is going to rue the day he sees your eyes flutter and wake up. I'm telling you, they're going to start screaming in three rounds, my God, he's awake, my God, she's awake. You're going to find out who you are if you'll just stick with it. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. You know, how about we do this? On our way to 1 Peter 5, and you need to put your finger there because we're, we're going there quickly. But let's look at something that the Apostle Paul, who saw this Lord we're talking about in the third heaven, wrote to the church at Thessalonica. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, I want to I focus on two verses, verse 23 and 24. Now, the surrounding verses are tremendous, and we could, spend, we could get lost in all of the context. But what I want to show you here is who God is to you, who he wants to be to you today. The very God of peace. Sanctify or set you apart Holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, completely. Complete, mature, absolute peace and undisturbed composure. He wants to set your life apart from everything and anything that is violating the peaceful, victorious life he has planned for you. And he's at war with it. He's at war with the one that's war, at war with you. If we get far enough today in this, we're going to see that he has actually given us the ability to trouble our trouble, to torment our torment, and to destroy what's to trying to destroy us. We've got the victory. <clears throat> and he says, I pray, God, your whole, so we, now we know complete, your whole spirit, your whole soul and your whole body. Now, I want to focus on a couple of things. Be preserved. That means we should not be living. Now, as believers who know the truth, it's, it's, there's no shame in needing God to intervene and remove the curse. We heard that over the offering. It's why that we learn, that's why light comes to release energy to produce fruit that destroys the things that were stolen from us and it brings restoration. Now, one of the things that I want you to see, not, not just referring back to this because, once again, we could get lost down this track as well, but it says in Revelation 22, 22, 22 verse 2, in the Amplified, the leaves of the tree are for the healing and the restoration of all the nations, every ethnic group. So restoration is the idea of a process. Fruit grows on a tree. Fruit gets produced. And that's really what was being communicated from the standpoint of take light and revelation 
provides an energy from another source. Come on now. <clears throat> it, it doesn't come from within you. It's not in your filing cabinet. It's not in your mind. It's not in what you learned in school. Revelation knowledge didn't come through your physical senses. This light's coming to you. And it's coming from another world. Another realm. Another source. But it's providing you otherworldly help. Now if you see this process, you can see very clearly that enlightenment or light or revelation as was referred to uh, by Brother David in Matthew 16, Jesus referred to it and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. So we see two sources of information, flesh and blood sources, or our Father which is in heaven, heavenly information, or transference of information, or if you will, enlightenment, light coming, knowledge coming, from another world. Now you're supposed to catch it. You're the leaf. You're trees of righteousness. You catch the light. But the light's coming not from you. It's coming to you. Glory be to God. Now what, what gets produced in the life of a person who catches that light? He said, upon this rock I will build. So what happens is the church is built on light coming to you. Can you see this? That's why Satan wants to keep you in the dark. To blind the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine. The whole purpose, Satan's entire purpose is to keep you out of the light. Because when the light comes, something from another world gets built in your life that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Y'all are prepared to respond, right? That was a great place to shout. Okay. We need some oxygen in the room. I said light is coming to you from another world. <clears throat> that when this light is received and produces a fruit, in other words, the light will, will provide an, a, a power source from another world which will enable you in this world to produce something you can't produce unless that comes to you from another world. But now it's coming to you, so now you can produce something you couldn't produce on your own. You, your, you will grow a fruit. And that fruit is restoration. That fruit is healing. That fruit is deliverance. That fruit is prosperity. That fruit is life as God has it and experiences it. That I can live in earth, but I can live like I'm in heaven. Days of heaven on earth. That I can be so holy at peace. I can be so complete that I have no fear that, well, what am I going to do when this miracle runs out? I guess I'll get me another miracle. There's a difference between living from miracle to miracle and living in the blessing. And most Christians don't know the difference. And so there's nothing shameful about having a need because God knows you have a need. He knows what you need before you ask Him. The shame is not in having a need. The shame is in going to the world to meet it or trying to do it yourself. That's where the shame is. And because condemnation and shame are demon forces, they're built into this system. But there's therefore in Christ now no condemnation to them which walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. When that other world brings you some light, it'll show you who you really are, glory to be God. You're the victor. You're the miracle looking for a place to manifest. You really, he's, I'll tell you, there's no separation between you and God. He's for you. He's near. He's now. He's working for you right now. He's big in you. He's working it out. And guess what you're doing? Your little old pitiful life that was all shriveled up and couldn't do nothing is going to start producing some big, luscious restoration. You mean you came out of that without the smell of smoke? How'd you do that? I got some help from another world. You mean you came out of that? They, they said you were a dead person walking and even no, no operation in the world could fix the disease you had? How did you come out with no trace of that disease in your body? I got some help from another world. 
My life got built on a rock, and the gates of hell couldn't prevail against it. All right, now let's go down this track a little bit. Here we're talking about, <clears throat> now remember that anointing's in the room. This shepherd's anointing is in the room. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. Woo, right now, you feel it all over you right now. Because I'm not preaching to you my words. <laughs> These words I'm talking to you about came from another world. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, my whole body, my whole spirit, my whole soul. Say my soul. Say my complete soul. My brain, my mind, my will, my emotions, my discerning skills, my understanding skills, my motives, my thoughts, my whole soul. So your brain's in your body. Your soul is in your mind. Your mind is not a physical thing. Your brain's a physical thing, and it is the physical embodiment of your soul. Just like your body is a physical thing, and this is the physical house of your spirit. So your body's the physical house of your spirit. Your brain is the physical house of your soul. And what you're, what's happening to you today is you're getting brainwashed. And yeah, I said it, and I'm doing it on purpose. Because that's exactly what's wrong. You need to be brainwashed. According to Ephesians 5, it's the washing of the water of the Word. It washes out those spots. It washes out those wrinkles. It washes out those blemishes. And Jesus presents you to himself a glorious church. Oh, glory to God, glory to God. You have a glorious future. Thank God for the blood washing us clean. Thank God for the light that's coming to us. <clears throat> Thank God for what we have. Now, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved. Look at this, blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Woo! Has he come yet? Then you're not just going to be made free, you're going to stay free. Till when? How long? How long are you going to have peace? How long are you going to have a sound mind? How long are you going to have a healthy body? How long are you going to have a righteous spirit? How long are you going to have a stable life? How long is your every need going to be met? Till the coming of the Lord. Preserved. This wasn't a band-aid what he did. This wasn't a temporary fix. Whom the Son says free is free indeed. Now look at verse 24. Faithful. Aren't you glad he's faithful? <laughs> faithful. 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 Faithful is he. Now this, this preservation is not even dependent upon your faithfulness. Now, it is dependent upon you rising up and walking in what he's called you to do. He's called you to this wholeness. He's called you to healing for the whole man, peace for the whole man, prosperity for the whole man, stability for the whole man, victory for the whole man, spirit and soul and body until his coming. Not one miracle, not miracle to miracle, not in a need all the time, but coming out of the miracle mentality up into the multiple miracle of never ending, nothing broken, abiding life, blessing of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're coming on up. Now this peace is going to manifest in all three of our life, all three of the areas of our life. It's healing for the whole man, and it's a preservation, and you're called to it. Say, I'm called, I'm called to, this to this wholeness for the rest of my life. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now we're on our way somewhere. Can you stay with me for a minute? Read Proverbs 10:22. Say the blessing. the blessing. The blessing of the Lord does what? It makes, me rich. it makes me rich. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And what else happens? He adds no sorrow. He adds no sorrow. 
<laughs> so if you're struggling, he's not the one adding it. He has no purpose behind it. He's not in favor of your struggle. He's not judging you saying because of what you did you should be struggling. He did not add the grief, the sorrow, the trouble, the struggle, the spin cycle you are experiencing. That came from another source. That came from a thief. That came from a troublemaker. That came from a destroyer. That came from a terrorist. That came from a wrong kingdom, wrong spirit, and the voice of a liar who can only lie and you're not supposed to have any conversation with him or listen to anything he says because all he says is trouble. And everything he suggests is destruction. And if you follow him long enough, he'll kill you because he's a murderer and a thief and a deceiver and an accuser and a con man and he is pitifully anemic to the person who's built on a rock. Glory be to God. So, the blessing of the Lord. Say the blessing of the Lord. It has made me rich. Woo! Glory be to God. I think every once in a while when I read this about little orphan Annie. Hey, well, I'm telling you what. We, we've been adopted. And the daddy that adopted us is rich, 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 rich. I don't care what your past is. You got a new daddy. You don't have a broke daddy. You don't have a sick daddy. You don't have a poor daddy. You don't have a daddy that's, that's transferred to you generational curses or genetic uh, uh, inabilities or inadequacies. Uh, your daddy doesn't have, glory be to God, he's not predisposed to anemia or cancer or arthritis or manic depression or bipolar. You don't come from a daddy that has mental disease. You don't come from a daddy that's got a broken mind. You don't come, oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. You come from the giving God who gives. You come from the blesser of the creator of the universe. That's who you are. You were translated from out from under the authority of darkness. Out from under the authority of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Woo! Say the blessing. The blessing of the Lord. It makes me rich. He has no sorrow. I want to read this to you out of Benson's commentary. I think it will be a blessing to you. This is one of the commentaries of this verse. It says, The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. The first half of the verse, here's a commentary about that from Benson. He says, Riches are not gotten merely by wisdom or diligence, but also and especially by God's favor and blessing. They're not just gotten by your hard work, your ingenuity, your smarts, <laughs> but it, they're especially gotten by God's favor and blessing. I'm telling you right now, favor's not fair. <laughs> I've said it a lot, but I'm just telling you, favor's not fair. And one, one, one day of favor is worth a thousand days of labor. If God be for you, who can be against you? But now, listen to what he says about the sorrow side. And you don't want to be on this side. Well, here's the, here's the good news. You're not on this side. If you can just accept it. He said, and addeth no sorrow with it. Here's Benson's commentary. He says, namely, with that blessing which gives riches. So God is with the blessing giving riches, but adds contentment and comfort with them. Oh, glory to God. So it's not just the money. You're content. You're not afraid somebody's always trying to steal it. You don't live in fear. So what he does is he adds content, content, uh, contentment and comfort with them, which is a singular gift and blessing of God. Whereas the riches which wicked men gain are attended with the divine curse. With many discontents, 
tormenting cares and fears with horrors of conscience and with the just dread of being called to an account by God and to be punished for the misemployment and the abuse of that blessing. Now, I don't have time to read that again, but here's the bottom line. God didn't add the sorrow. He did not add the torture. He did not add the torment. Now, that's important because let's go to 1 Peter 5. Remember, we talked about the shepherd, the shepherd's anointing. Uh, here's, here's the point I want to make about that anointing in the shepherd's office. Uh, let's look what it says here. The apostle Peter <clears throat> said, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you. Are you all following me okay? 1 Peter 5, verse 2 now. You know, you, 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 I, I know sometimes I don't tell you the verse, but if I don't give a verse, I'm usually starting from the top of the chapter. That's just a note. All right. Feed, verse 2, feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Do you see that phrase? I mean, you, you know, you, you don't need a shepherd leading you who's confused. I mean, my goodness, if he's dysfunctional and still tormented in his adult years over being molested as a kid and struggling with relationships because God, because he's not delivered, he's, he doesn't have a clue where to take you. He's still wandering around trying to figure out that this thing is by grace and by faith. And it's the easiest thing you've ever done when you do it right. And then it's a great high honor and privilege. He's not being tortured all week with trying to figure out something else to say to get you to come back to church and tithe. It's the anointing of the shepherd, the real shepherd, the cold shepherd. He's got a healed, ready mind. And he doesn't, therefore, because you're not his source, he doesn't have to lord over you God's appointment of him over you and make you do stuff. But he leads you by an example because he's walking in peace. And when the chief shepherd, say chief shepherd. Oh, this is the Lord. Glory to God, this is the Lord. Oh, glory to God, this is the Lord. When the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. Listen, when he manifests himself, first thing he does is put something on your head. Come on now. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and clothed with humility, for God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, in the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you. Say, I'm in the process of being exalted, I'm in the process of being exalted. but I don't have to do it myself. Favor's not fair. Oh, glory be to God. He's exalting himself. Notice that he may exalt you in due time, casting all the whole, the sum total of your care over on him, for he cares for you. So be sober, be vigilant, as you have a demon adversary. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. He's coming to attack your mind to get you to care, to get you to fear, to get you to worry, to take your peace, to get you off the it is finished side, to get you off the rock. He wants access to your life because if you start thinking like he thinks, your life is going to turn out as dysfunctional as his. And since he cannot lord it over your spirit, it's like one, one guy said, he said, even in a blind man's world, a one-eyed guy's king. You need to understand that, that, that Satan's had a jump start on you in reasoning. That he's got lots of time to work on you and work on you and work on you for decades until he sifts you and breaks you down like wheat. Till you finally just give up and say, I fail, I just can't do it. I just, I just don't have the energy to try again. I'm just too old to start over. I'm just... Oh, you've been listening to him. 
God didn't add that sorrow. You've been listening to that mess. That's a demon. I said, that's a demon. Your future's bright. It's so bright. Oh, it's so bright. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Jesus. And notice what he says. Whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Well, let me read it in the Amplified Classic. It says, withstand him. Be firm in faith against his own set. Get rooted and established, strong and immovable and determined, knowing. See, some things are coming from another world. Some light's coming. Some things for you to know so that you no longer feel like, well, everybody in some way now just has their own struggle. You didn't get that from this book. You got that from the experience of everybody's story you've been talking about. Everybody's got a story. Yeah? It's called history. And break history down. It's his story. So if you'll get out of your story. And you'll get into his story. You'll see that in your past, all this stuff that you thought your past created was killed before you created it. You don't have enough power to resurrect what he crucified. I don't care what you did. Your past doesn't go back 2,000 years. You can't sin bad enough to curse a world he's blessed. Adam cursed the whole world. He blessed the whole world. And he took the curse out of the equation by the blood of the lamb. You, he didn't give you that power. Come on now. You can't sin bad enough to make God separate from you. Sin separates you from him, but it doesn't separate him from you. He's still there. The moment you turn around, he's right there. Oh, glory be ahead. And I mean, he'll put you back where you, he'll put you back from you, set back. He'll restore you like it never happened. No more curse. Glory be to That's who he is. But you got to get some revelation of that. Now, here's what it says. He says, stand him knowing that the same identical sufferings. You know, one of those tricks of the devil is nobody knows the trouble I done seen. And you give me a Everybody thinks their pain's the worst. Because when it's happening to somebody else, it ain't that bad. It only hurts real bad when you're suffering. It only hurts real bad when you're the one tormented. And what's so special about you? That God can't heal you. How big are you that you can break something so bad God can't fix it? <laughs> miracles say miracles. miracles of a sound mind oh Jesus is doing it now understand the identical suffering I promise you you're not the first person had that thought <laughs> and there's been many many people in fact everybody that's ever gone to Jesus used the name the blood and faith like the book says all of them beat it and you will too because just like the suffering's identical, so is the victory. If God's no respecter of persons, what he's ever done for one person, he'll do for you today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's in the house to do it. So let's read on now. He said, are appointed to your brotherhood the whole body of Christians throughout the world. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, say all grace, all grace. who imparts all blessing and favor. Woo! Glory to God. Hey, blessing and favor. He imparts all blessing and favor. Yes, sir. My, my, my. What's he going to do? He's called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus. Will himself complete and make you what you ought to be. And he will perfect, 
establish, strengthen, and settle you. You will not spend the rest of your life being bounced around, tossed to and fro, going from pillar to post, not having roots or a home, not being peaceful and stable. You are not that person. He has a future plan for you on a rock where the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I don't care what the devil's been assaulting your mind with. That is temporary. That is leaving. There are miracles of a sound mind in this room and Jesus the chief shepherd is here to produce it resist him now and he will flee from your life glory be to God glory be to God glory be to God glory be to God the Lord the shepherd the Lord the shepherd now I want to I want to talk to you about something within the next couple of minutes here that's very critically important. Because as you can see, we started this a few weeks ago. And I thought maybe it was a, just a message, you know. And I'd be happy if it was. But God began to talk to me about victory over the weaknesses of the flesh that, that grant Satan entrance. And, and in fact, somebody talked to me recently and said in that first initial service, anointing God was so strong in that message, they got delivered sitting in their chair. Well, since then, he began to talk to me about miracles of a sound mind. We haven't even gotten into the part of this about the fact that, that we can be renewed in the spirit of our mind, that you can have a carnal mind and a spiritual mind, and the spiritual mind is life and peace, and the carnal mind is God's enemy and brings death. And so God's going to bring some miracles here. He's going to take that division out of you. He's going to take that dysfunction out of you. Why? Because it's a demon. You need to understand this is not like, this is the way I'm made. No, that's the devil lying to you. See, the same devil that lies to you and tells you you're the only one that had that, the only one that's experienced it, the only one that had that thought, we just read that, no, everybody that's ever lived in Christ has been affected by the same torment. You are not unique. You are not the only one. Your pain isn't the worst. Your problem isn't the worst. And anybody that got victory can get victory, and you are going to have victory. Well, we expose the devil for who he is, an isolationist. See, here's what the devil does. Now, I understand this is on the negative side, but a detective, someone that wants to detect the truth from liars, cover-ups, deceivers, which are criminals, don't put them all in the same room so they can corroborate their story. No, they break them up and interview each of them separate. And then they'll come in there and say, he already gave you up. Now you might as well go over and tell the truth. Well, now their mind's wheeling. I, oh, he wouldn't do that. He, well, he might have done that. Well, if, I, if I'm not the first one, then I'm not going to get the plea, man. He's going down for life. I, at least maybe I could get out after 10 years. Maybe, maybe I better fess up. Why? Because it's divide and conquer. Where do you think that tactic came from? That is the devil's strategy, man. If he can get you isolated, peeled off, all alone, to with your own thoughts where he can just talk to you all the time, you're in big trouble. Now you're in the tank. No, don't stay away from the body of Christ. Especially don't stay away from the Word. He will, light gets shined in here. It exposes him for who he is. You're not the only one who never thought those thoughts. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Well, all such things that people think that hold them in bondage are lies of the devil. He's a strategist that way. Schemes, wild strategies. But we have an armor. We can be strong in the power of the Lord and in His might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Take on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against these strategies, that you might be able to stand against these schemes. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So a second deceiving lie of a demon is you were made that way. Because you see, if God made you that way, there's nothing you can do about it. But now wait, whoa, 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 let's back up. Let's pull her right back. Hang on. If the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow, then how could you be made to be experiencing all this trouble and sorrow by him? 
He couldn't have made you that way and the way you're made be creating all this torture. So you can't be made that way because he didn't add it and he made you. Oh, glory be to God. So what I'm trying to say to you is get the scales off your eyes and realize it's not me. The trouble's not in me. The trouble's coming at me. It's a demon and I got authority over that trouble. Glory be to God. I don't have to live the rest of my life in this torment. Now, I've got two thoughts I want to give you before I'm done this morning. And the first one is our whole spirit, our whole soul, our whole body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord. Now, that is coupled up with this idea of 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us the spirit of fear. What has he given us? The, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't get so fast. What's the subject? The spirit. The spirit. So fear is a spirit. So are these other three. I don't have that spirit, but I do have this spirit. So I don't have a weak spirit. I got a spirit of power. I don't have a burdened down, depressed, dysfunctional, failing spirit. I've got a spirit of power and love. Glory be to God. And we don't have time this morning to run that track, but we will run that track because love is the thing that casts, this, now, casts out fear. If love casts out fear, then that means love is a spirit. Now, we know love is a spirit. I can prove to you what love is from 1 John 4, 7 and 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So love is the spirit of God himself. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Romans 5, 5 says the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. So when love's in operation, the full weight of the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit is in operation. It was love that's the strongest force that raised him from the dead. Song of Solomon said love is as strong as death, that many waters can't quench it. Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. Song of Solomon 8, 6. It literally is the verse. Listen to me. It is the verse that allowed Song of Solomon to get in the canon because the name Jehovah wasn't found in the book and they kept researching it and researching it. And the thing that allowed Song of Solomon to get in the canon of Scripture is this word vehement, which has a, the, his love, the coals thereof are as coals of fire, which has a most vehement flame. Now, I want you to look at it in the Amplified Classic. This verse is what got Song of Solomon in the Bible because the Hebrew writers and the scholars found the name Jehovah in this verse because Jehovah is love and love is Jehovah. Amplified is not working. Well, my Bible's working. Amen. Now, you know, been a little bit since I sing a love song out of Song of Solomon to my wife, but I bet I can find where it is. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's find Isaiah and turn left. The Amplified Classic reads this way. Set me like a seal on your heart, like a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death, Jealousy is as hard and cruel as Sheol, the place of the dead. Now listen, it's flashes of fire, a most vehement flame, the very flame of the Lord. A most vehement flame here is where they found the name Jehovah. What, he's, what they're saying is, according to 1 Kings chapter 18.38, the Hebrew scholars found that what happened on that mountain when Elijah called down fire and it licked up the water and it licked up the bull and it licked up the wood and it brought a distinction and a separation between the child of God and the false prophets of Baal. When that happened, when that lightning and the tongues of that lightning, the fingers of that lightning licked up the very trench in the water, burnt up the wood, consumed the bullock, and they had cried and screamed and cut themselves and, and shouted day all day long. 
And then Elijah called fire down from heaven, it sucked it up, consumed it, and brought a separation. They're saying love is that most vehement lightning strike flame of God. They're saying God is in his strongest, most awesome, most powerful manifestation when he demonstrates love. That love is not abstract or passive. That love is aggressive. God so loved the world that he gave, which means in due time Christ died for the ungodly, that he went to hell because he loved us. Come on now. Love isn't acceptance of you as you are. Love is, is God using his power on your behalf to deliver you from everything that made you like you are completely into the life he created you to have, which is absolute victory. Even though you don't deserve it, he went and got it for you anyway. So when Jesus was raised from the dead and blew all of hell backward and took the keys, that was the lightning glory of God that blew him out of hell, out of Satan's grip, destroyed, destroyed all of our sin, and it is the lightning, vehement, flashing flame of the love of God that killed death and raised us up. Love's as strong as death. He died because of love. He went to hell because of love. And love separated him from the grip of hell and the torment of hell and the assault on his soul. Go read what it says he would experience with them wagging their tongue and beating that crown on his head and the thorns and the persecution. If you're the son of God, come down. There are phrases in the Old Testament like the bulls of Bashan encompassed me around about. Can you imagine being in a bullfighting ring and not trying, not having five people to get one bull away? But being the only person in the ring and they cut loose all the bulls and they're all charging you. That's what experience Jesus had on the cross. That's what he had in the belly of earth. He said, my darling, my darling among the lions is being stung like they're assaulted by a beehive. Like somebody hit a beehive and bees are swinging around my head and stinging me and snapping me and biting me and popping me. And the bulls are around me chasing me and the bees are stinging me all over. And uh, the lions are nipping at my heel and my darling's among the lions. He took all of that stinging. He took all of that beating. He took all of that torture, those thoughts, those, those, those torments, those fears, those agitating passions, those disturbing, dysfunctional self-behaviors, all the voices, all the bipolar, all the schizophrenia, the chastisement needful for me to live a life of peace was put on him. How dare I call bipolar normal when he had to die to deliver me from it? I was not made that way. I wasn't made to pop pills the rest of my life to cope. I was not made to be sentenced to a lifetime of insomnia or sleepless nights of fear because every time I go to sleep, I have nightmares. No, sir. Even if I've gone to war, if Jesus has saved me, I wasn't born again to live the rest of my life with PTSD. Amen. Am I helping anybody? Yes, sir. Yes, oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. Thank you. I've got one. Thank you. Glory be to God. I've got to find a place to stop. So give me two minutes. I'll have to just... Stop. We, we can't finish. We're just going to stop. Are you getting anything today? Yes, sir. Oh, my. God has not. He didn't have the sorrow, and he has not given me the spirit of fear, which means he didn't make me that way. But he has given me the spirit of power. Love and a sound mind. Somebody say sound. sound. Oh, my, my. 
my mind, undisturbed, stable. Glory to, to feel like that, hey, I have the victory. I have the most power and authority in the room. So, of course, I can walk in love and turn the other cheek. I don't have to get all upset and riled up and critical and, and strife driven to hold my territory. I don't have to hold my territory. He bought and paid for it and gave it to me. Yeah. Ain't nothing you got can take it from me. So I love you. I mean, I can just love you, bless you, send you flowers, send you gifts and everything else, but favor's not fair. You can't get my stuff. I don't care how conniving you are. Come on now. If Satan doesn't have anything to stop me, you sure don't. That's why God's challenge to our lives is, why are you afraid? I asked for a couple of minutes here, and so I've about got one left. So I don't have time for all these scriptures. But I really want to take you to Isaiah 51, 11. Where it says, who are you that would be afraid of a man that will die? Who are you that would be afraid of the fury of the oppressor as if he were ready to destroy? Look around you. Look around you and see. Where is the fury of the oppressor? The devil's been stripped, whipped, and Jesus has the keys. Look around you and see. Where is a demon that has power to, to, to stop your life and defeat you? Get your eyes open. Let the light come. Amen? All right, <clears throat> Psalm 23, I'm done. No, no, I'm finishing this message. I am never done. <laughs> but we are being delivered from spirits of vexation. We are being delivered from tormenting, troubling spirits. And we're going to see it. We're going to see Jesus, his whole ministry, perform miracles of a sound mind. The idea of a sound mind means well-preserved. When? Until the coming of the Lord. So this idea is, I don't have to just like go to 16 and three quarter years of counseling to learn how to cope. Counseling's not wrong. And there's anointed counselors. But the purpose of counseling is so you don't have to come back. At least that's what I get from Jesus. He's a great counselor. So once he answered questions to set people free, they didn't come asking a bunch of more questions. Thank you. <laughs> well, but you know, I mean, hey, <laughs> if they don't keep coming back, how am I going to get paid? See, they're in. <laughs> got to keep them on a string. You know, we got a new iPhone coming out, so and, and we're going to create an update that your old one won't work on, so we're going to make you buy one. How about give somebody something that works? And it works for a long time and doesn't break. So they don't have to buy a new one because everything we need has already been paid for and bought by the blood of Jesus. Don't you want to stay free? Don't you want to stay free? That's what's in the room, the mind of Christ. I said that's what's in the room, the mind of Christ. Miracles of a sound mind. Yeah, go ahead, stand on your feet. That's what's in the room. Won't you accept it? He gave him to be head to the church, which is his body. He's your head. I said, he's your head. I said, he's your head. Put him on. He's your head. Put him on. God gave you a head, and it's not a crazy one. God gave you a head. It's not a fear-filled one. God gave you a head, it's not a confused one. God gave you a head that is the head of all principality and power. God gave you a sound mind that can make godly decisions. God gave you a life, nothing missing, nothing broken, where all your enemies are conquered. All he's asking you to do is, here's your cap, put it on. All right, Psalm 23, can we put it up on the monitor? I know King James isn't broken. You won't, you won't know why I stick with the King James. They make fun of me. Because it ain't broke, don't fix it. <clears throat> All right, six verses. Can we read them before we leave? Yes, sir. The, Lord. the Lord. You do see that, right? Capital L. Capital O. 
capital R, capital D, the Lord. The buck stops here. He is my shepherd. I, oh, come on now, get aggressive. Shall not walk. I won't want for a night's peaceful sleep. I won't want for a whole day full of no panic attacks. I'm not going to want, I'm not going to suffer a loss if I don't take my medicine that subdues my emotions and helps me deal with depression. I'm, the Lord is my shepherd. Woo! The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Woo, put, put your hands on your head. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Lord is my head. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Woo, I won't lack for anything ever. Spirit, soul, and body preserved blameless. All right, let's read the rest of the psalm. Verse 2, are you ready? Woo, he does, he does, he does. When he's in the lead, things are good. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. It is a spring day, hardly a cloud in the sky floating by. You're laying out in the fresh mown grass. The wind's blowing over your face. And you're such peace that the world's spinning and the clouds are going by and you don't have a care in the world and you take an afternoon power nap. He leadeth me beside still waters. I'm not spinning around in a raging white water category five rafting the river trying to figure out if I make it over these falls and if I don't die. No, I'm in an inner tube on the lazy river at the theme park. I'm oiled up with the anointing. So the sun doesn't smite me by day, nor the moon by night. And I'm drifting along. I'm not even ashamed if I'm a little kid and my mama took that white stuff and put it on my nose. <laughs> Still waters. Whew. Say right now, there are pure, clean, Still waters running through my mind. Now I'm going to prove to you what he's talking about here in the next verse. There's still waters running through your soul. There's restoration waters running through your soul. I'm telling you, there's deliverance in the room. It's happening right now. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness. For everybody that's confused, you're going to be crystal clear on the right path. All confusion is leaving right now, and you're going to see clearly what is the exact right path for you. Because he leads you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, don't do what David is saying here. He experienced it. Many people have. But I don't recommend it. Look what it says in the next verse. Read this first few. Yea, yeah. though I walk. Dumb. Dumb, dumb. Real dumb. Up until now, he's leading. Look at the condition of my soul when he's leading. Now look what happened when I start walking. You don't have it within you to lead yourself on your own path. Uh huh. No wonder it's fear of death and makes the whole course of your life in trouble. I will fear no evil. Thank God. He, why? Because even when I'm walking my own path, he won't leave me. He's right there with me. He's letting me know if you'll just turn around, I'll fix it. 
All you got to do is turn around. Well, a year goes by, but just turn around and I'll fix it. Two years go by, just turn around and I'll fix it. Three years go by, just turn around and I'll fix it. Yeah, four years go by, just, if you'll just turn around, I'll fix it. I, I, I've been waiting on you. Five years go by, well, if you'll just turn around, I'll fix it. I just heard this phrase. I don't know all it means. Really? I just heard the Holy Ghost say, tell them there's a fix in the mix. Amen. Glory be to God. <laughs> and I was wondering, what, 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 a fix in the mix, what does that mean? And he sovereignly spoke to me. Hebrews 4 is what it means. The same gospel that was preached unto them is preached unto us, but it did not profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith in them that heard it. If you'll mix this gospel that's being preached to you, if you'll mix it, there's a fix in the mix. If you'll mix your faith with what you're hearing right now, there's a fix in the mix. Mix your faith with it. Mix your faith with it. Mix your faith with it. Mix your faith with it, and he'll restore your soul. Mix your faith with it. Still waters will run through your mind. Mix your faith with it, and the Lord, your shepherd, will bring you into a life of want. No.